Do you show reverent reverence to the reverend you revere? Now, I'm having fun with a word, a form of word, and it's a word in its forms. Just as in English, we have different words that mean the same things, so did the Greek language of the New Testament. One of my favorite that helps me understand this word, reverent, is found in Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The New King James translation translates this word noble. The King James translation translates this word honest. I have them, have them bolded there for you. But it's also the same word. It's also the very same word that's used in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2 where we are to pray that our Christian lives are peaceable lives so that we can live in all godliness and reverence is the New King James translation of that word. Honesty again in the King James translation. The same word is used of deacons in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 8. Likewise, deacons must be reverent. It's also used of older men in Titus chapter 2 in verse 2 where it says the older men are to be sober and reverent in the New King James Version. But in the very next verse, in the very next verse, the word reverent is used again in the New King James Version. But it's a different word in Greek when it talks about the, the older women likewise that they may be reverent in their behavior it's a different word in Greek. It's the long definition, the long definition being befitting actions sacred to God. They are to do actions that are sacred to God. Befitting, their actions are to be befitting that are sacred to God. Many men use the word reverend as a title. When the word reverend is really used only once in Scripture, it's used only once, it's used in in Psalm 111 verse 9 to describe God. That's the only time it's used. And it's only used in the King James Version and in the American Standard Version of the Bible. The word for reverend being the same word that's used for fear in 90% of the Old Testament. That's what the word means. It means fear. The corresponding translation in the New Testament would be where we would get our word for phobia, fear. That's the way it's used in the New Testament. Phobia, it's, it's fear. Reverence is, is fear. It's, it's, it's honor. It's honorable. It's having a sense of shame. It's, it's modest. It's bashful even. It's, it's having a regard for others. It's, it's, it's being honest. It's being honest. Let's be honest. Do we understand what it means to show reverent reverence to the reverend God you revere? Do we know? We're going to let Jesus show us. We're going to let him teach us this morning. If you'll go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke 20. Luke 20. We're going to let him show us reverence this morning. Jesus is going to teach us this morning how to show reverence to God as the attitude of our worship and as the attitude of our obedience. Luke 20 verse 1 is where we begin to learn how to act. And I want us to be honest this morning. 
if you don't know what it means to revere God, that you'll be, you'll be honest and quietly, respectfully learn as we read. Luke chapter 20, verse 1. Jesus, it speaks of Jesus. Now it happened on one of those days as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel. What gospel would Jesus have preached? We know from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, that the gospel that the Corinthians obeyed by which we are saved, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But here in our passage, Jesus has neither died, he's neither been buried, he's neither been resurrected. We know that Peter preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We know that Philip preached Jesus to the the Ethiopian in in Acts chapter 8. But what would Jesus have preached in the temple here? What gospel would he have said? The word is used in Luke chapter 20 verse 10. The gospel, it means good tidings. He would have exhorted the people. That's what it, that's the translation in, in Luke chapter 3 verse 18. He would have exhorted the people to follow God. The gospel, Luke 4 verse 18, the gospel would have been preached to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to give sight to the blind, to free the oppressed, and to proclaim God. That's what he would have preached. Jesus would have used miracles. That's what he did when he preached the gospel. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, he used miracles to confirm God's word. Jesus preached the gospel. He would preach it about the kingdom of God later on. In Luke chapter 4, verse 43, the kingdom of God, the church. He talked about the kingdom of God. He preached about the church in Luke chapter 8, verse 1. He preached about the church in Luke chapter 16, verse 16, when he preached the gospel in each of those instances. That's what he would have told them about. Here on this day, as Jesus preached the gospel to the, to the chief priests and the scribes together with the elders, they confronted him. Verse 2, and spoke to him saying, tell us by what authority are you doing these things or who is he who gave you this authority? Now, Paul later in in Romans chapter 13 verse 1, Paul would tell us that there's no authority but from God. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. God has all powerful. Nothing is too hard for God. In Genesis chapter 18 verse 14, he could make sure that a woman in her 90s had a baby. He's all powerful. God is omniscient. He knows everything. Nothing is hidden from his sight, the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. God is omnipresent. He exists everywhere. In Acts chapter 17 verse 27... Paul is preaching to those in Athens and he, he, he exists everywhere. He says the spiritually blind grope in the dark from God, but he's not afar from, from any one of us. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere. To God we give reverence. To God we give honor. To God 
We give our respect. We bow before God in fear. We have a sense of shame when we come before God because we, we stand or we kneel in front of God with knowing that we're sinners. It's God who gives the authority. Tell them, Jesus. Tell them. Tell them who it is. Tell them who it is that's, that gives the authority. Verse 3, but he answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing. And answer me. Verse 4. The baptism of John. Was it from heaven or from men? This is a great question. Even for today, this is a great question. Baptism for the remission of sins. Is it from heaven or from man? Baptism for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. Baptism for salvation, Mark 16.16. The baptism that washes away sins, Acts 22.16. Is it from heaven or is it from, from man? The baptism that now saves you, 1 Peter 3.21. Is it from heaven or from man? Reason yourself. Reason yourself. Be honest. Verse 5, and they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? Verse 6, but if they say from men, all the people will stone us for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. They were afraid to answer. They were afraid to be honest. And their refusal to answer shows a dishonest attitude. They did not revere God enough. They did not revere Jesus enough to honestly answer the question. Verse 8. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. How loud the silence of God is. Verse 9. And he began to tell the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, leased it to the vine dressers, and went into a far country for a long time. God is the owner of the vineyard. God is the owner of the vineyard. The vine dressers are the children of Israel. The Jews even. Even these, even these Pharisees. Even these scribes. Even these elders. Verse 10. Now at vintage time he sent a servant to the vine dressers. That they might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vine dressers beat him and sent him away. Empty-handed. These servants are the prophets of God. They're sent to preach to the people and turn them from their shame, turn them from their sin. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12, Blessed are you when you are persecuted because they did the same thing to the prophets. In Acts chapter 7, verse 52, Stephen, before he was stoned to death, said, and maybe to probably some of these same Pharisees, maybe to some of these same elders, maybe to some of these same scribes, he, he, says, he said this. He, he, Stephen said, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? 
Verse 11, again he sent another servant and they beat him also and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. And again he sent a third and they wounded him also and cast him out. To treat the servants of the owner so terribly, they must not have had very much respect for the owner. They must not have had very much respect for God. They must not have had very much honor for God. They must not have had very much awe for God. They must not have had any reverence to God. To treat the servants so terribly. Verse 13, then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him, New King James Version. Probably I will send my son. It may be that they will reverence him when they see him. Probably. It may be. It was expected they would show reverence to the son. They would, they would fear him. They would regard him. They would, they would deal honestly with the son. They would treat him as someone worthy of reverence. They would treat him as someone to fear. They would treat him as someone to be honored when they were in his presence. Surely that's what they would do to the son. They would show respect. They would worship him when they saw him, when they, when they perceived him. When they finally knew him, they would, they would honor him. They would revere him. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We don't worship God as we should. Oh, we have the right form. We have the right form. We, 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 we take the Lord's Supper, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. We sing, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9. We, we pray, Acts chapter 2, and in verse 42. We give, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. We have the right form. We, we teach, Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. But let, let's be honest. Do you revere God? Do you approach the worship of God with a deep sense of of devotion, with a deep sense of reverence, with a deep sense of, of awe, of who you're worshiping. Let's be honest. Do you sing praises to God and help teach others? As it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Or are you just going through the motions? Are you just trying to harmonize well? Some of you don't even sing. Some of you, I've seen you, you don't even sing and you're baptized children of God. I've baptized you myself. Do you revere God? I'm not mad at you. I'm concerned about you. How about when someone leads us in prayer? Leads us before the throne of God. Let's, let's be honest. Is your mind a million miles away? 
That person is leading us before the throne of God Himself. And our mind is on anything but. Let's be honest. Are you showing respect for God? Let's be honest. What you gave this morning, did it honor God? Did it show reverence to God? Were you honest in your giving? Let's be honest. Or was it to soothe your conscience? When you partook of the Lord's Supper, when you ate the bread that represents the body of Jesus Christ, when you partake of the, when you partake of the fruit of the vine which represents the blood of Jesus that He shed on the cross... That awesome responsibility. Let's be honest. Did you examine yourself beforehand as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 28? Did you examine yourself and take of it in a worthy manner or did you irreverently and unworthily partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine? Let's be honest. We, we honor our friends when we dress for a wedding. We honor our friends and our family when we dress for a funeral. We give reverence to our date. We give reverence to the theater. We give reverence to TGI Fridays. But do we give reverence to God when we walk through that door here? worship God. Let's be honest. As we sit in the pews, are we grave? That's that's another definition. Are we grave? And teach the young ones that are around us. Are we grave and teach the young ones that are around us to be honorable people? Honorable in attitude, honorable in actions, honorable in in, in the sacredness of, of who it is that we worship. Let's be honest. Do we we come before God with a sense of shame for the sinners that we are? Let's be honest. Do you show reverence to God by obeying Him? Or is your attitude more, catch me if you can? Let's be honest. We don't respect God as we should. Or his son as we should. If we did, we would repent when commanded to. Acts chapter 17 verse 30. We wouldn't irreverently walk through life with unrepented of sins staining our soul. Keeping us from truly honoring God. Let's be honest. If we truly honored the son, we would love him enough to obey him. John chapter 14 verse 21. And give reverence and respect when he shows up in our vineyard. Let's be honest. If we revered God, as we should, we would obey the commands and live the life and reap the results of of revering God. Forgiveness of sins is, is, is a result of revering God. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Being his child, Acts chapter 3, verse 28. Being a member of his family. What a wonderful gift he gives us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Being a citizen of the kingdom, John chapter 3, verse 5. Revere God and you will have access to his throne, Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. You'll receive blessings from him, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And have fellowship with him, John chapter 17, verse 21. Let's be honest. Would you love to show reverence to God as a friend and a guide that he is to you? James chapter 2, verse 23, and receive his promises. Ephesians 10, 23, promises of salvation. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, children of God, the vineyard is passed on to you. The vineyard is passed on to you. For you to tend. You are the vine dressers. When called by the gospel of Christ, probably, probably you will respect Him. It's expected that you will reverence Him. Verse 14. When the vine dressers saw Him, they reasoned among themselves saying, This is the heir. Come, let's kill Him that... The inheritance may be ours. Verse 15, so they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Oh, how misguided they were. How disrespectful they were. Oh, how irreverent they were. Let's be honest. How misguided are you? How disrespectful are you? How irreverent. Are you? They beat Jesus. They they crucified him. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? Let me let that sink in just a minute. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those who are irreverent and disrespectful and dishonor the son? Verse 16, he will come and destroy those vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, certainly not. These Jews were mad. They they knew this parable was against them, verse 19. But what Jesus said was so. He beat death. He, he beat sin. He rose from the dead. Now he sits at the, at the right hand of God. And now all who have been baptized... Into Christ are one, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. The Jews, the Greeks, the slave, the free, the male, the female, all those who are in Christ Jesus are one. The rejected one, the one who would not be revered, the one who would not be respected, verse 17, he became the chief cornerstone. And if you fall on that stone, you will be broken. Humbly, respectfully, reverently come to God. A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, He will not despise. Fear God more than the world. 
have a sense of shame. Understand that you're a sinner. Be honorable. Be reverent. Be honest. Come right now. As together we stand and sing.